stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. Sirius XM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little Steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Knowing football is about fourth on the list. You know, there's there's acting, there's the prep, there's the get it in within 20 seconds. There's a lot more to it than just knowing football. everybody. I'm getting very serious today. I'm working on my, my broadcasting voice. I'm very nervous. Hall of Fame broadcaster, just sports savant. I mean, when I turn on a television, I hear his voice coming at me every time I watch sports. The great Joe Buck is on the show right now. One of my favorite people, favorite broadcaster, and just knows where everybody is, is buried. One of the great guys. And I'm, I'm hoping that I uh, don't embarrass myself as a fledgling broadcaster in the likes of Mr. Joe Buck. Let's roll. I just saw your uh, partner, Troy Aikman, in the gym. He's such a beast, dude. It's gross. It's fuck, how? I don't understand. How is he? he I, I don't know. I don't know what he's... I, it's just... he's That's his lifestyle, but that's your lifestyle. Aren't you on like low-carb... Yeah. Cracker ads and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, Atkins, man. Low, yeah, low carb, high protein. But I don't look like Troy Aikman. The guy's in. He looks like he's in better shape than when he played. I think in some ways he is. I, I didn't know him back then, but uh, I do get the sense that he. If somebody called, I, I don't think he would dismiss it. And he's fifty. I'm fifty four, so he's fifty six. Yeah, you know he would put all these guys to shame. Brady, For sure, Rogers, you name it. He crushed them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when is your the first game this year for you guys? It's got to be around the corner. Yeah, September 11th uh, in New York for the Aaron Rodgers oh my gosh. Jets debut uh, at home against Buffalo. I mean, I was just telling Troy, what a, what a year 
for storylines. I mean, yeah. there are so many storylines around the league this year. Yeah, I mean, just in the game we're doing. I know. We've got Aaron Rodgers, the Jets trying to finally put it all together. DeMar Hamlin coming back. We were there the night he had the cardiac arrest yeah. in Cincinnati, the Buffalo Bills safety, Josh Allen, the drama with Diggs. I mean, in that game alone, it's like, oh, and they're actually going to play a game. So we have to kind of cover that too. But that's what you live for. Yeah, I do. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it, it makes it makes doing the game so much more fun and, and so much more exciting for us to go in there and try to get all this stuff down while covering a game. I mean, you have to be... You have to be disciplined in that you don't get caught up in everything off the field and everything that everybody else has already been talking about because nobody's seen the game we're going to do. So we got to really cover that well. What is your pregame assessment of the Aaron Rodgers era of the Jets? I think it'll be good. I think he's off to a good start. I mean, I don't know if you watched any of Hard Knocks, but it's it's really been compelling to see him in kind of the mentor role now and be really hands-on with a lot of these young guys, including Zach Wilson, who I assume someday will take his spot uh, back as the starter for the Jets. But I I just think he's, when you've got a four-time league MVP and a guy that talented, who's, I think, trying to still prove people wrong, um, you know, I, I think he's he's ready to show the world that he's still got it. It's so funny how you like when you when you list the accomplishments, they're so amazing, and yet they still have a chip on their shoulder. It's like <laughs> I know after the third MVP, I'd be like, "Yeah, I made it. I don't care what anybody thinks." Now, but that's what drove them to be great. That doesn't ever leave. It's the same for you. It's, it's every true. time the red light goes on, doesn't matter what, what you've done. It's it's. Same for me. I mean, none of the history matters. That's the fun of this business. I mean, I'm not sitting around collecting checks because of what I did. I'm collecting checks because of what I'm doing. And and that's, that's uh, I think, is what keeps me sharp. I mean, I, I feel an, an immense pressure to be my best now for ESPN after doing it for 28 years at Fox that I've you know, I, I that yeah. that's, that's what, it, it's not that the money drives me, but I think the being honest and, and being, uh, uh, I guess, accountable to, to myself and to those around me is what keeps me working hard. For sure. You're with a new team. You want to, you know, you want to show them that they spent their money wisely and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it is, I got to say, it was, it was, it was hard watching the World Series without hearing. I got to be, I, it was really weird. It was weird. It's weird for me. Um, I did 24 of them. I think I did 22 in a row. And then I just gave it up like cold turkey. And I, and I, I didn't expect to. It wasn't like, I, I think, Rob, at some point, nobody cares, really. You and I know each other a little bit. So right. you're probably listening for it. But I, I've done it for so long that I, I think it just takes a while for people to get used to the new voice. And then they roll on with that. Nobody really cares. I, nobody's... Uh, showing up at my house with torches trying to drag me back to the World Series. I think it's it's uh, like, okay, uh, that guy was fine, and now we're on to the next. But you realize it's part of growing up. I, I think I've, I've learned within the last year that what my dad said was so true. And, and he used to always say, and he did the Cardinals for 50 years, you know, oh, Buck, 
If you get hit by a bus going into the stadium to do a game, they're still going to play the game. And it's true. The game just moves on. Life moves on. And and just like I'm sure it is for you dumping out of a show, it's like, well, you you hope the roof caves in and they can never do the show again. And then you realize, well, no, they're they're still going. And uh, and and that's how it was for me. It was like, okay, Mr. Big Shot, uh, life goes on without you as a part of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's time for you to do something new. And I, I think change is good no matter what you do in life. And that's it's been good for me. It's been energizing for me, but it's also been awakening and awakening to know that, you know, life goes on elsewhere when you're not there anymore. And, and that's kind of a weird thing to, to understand. For sure. And, and it's a great opportunity. I mean, listen, to bring back Monday Night Football to what it was, I think, is great because you and I remember what that was. It was, in a, it was, it was the only time you could see football that wasn't on a Sunday. The, the, the ceremony around it the, was such a big deal. And I've always felt, without disrespecting anybody, that they've never had, they haven't had the booth in a long, long time to, to make it what it should be. And now they do. It's it's funny. I mean, it's weird for me to talk about that stuff, but but I do know what you're saying with regard to the property because my dad was doing the radio back then, and there's mm-hmm. somebody sent me this article when I first got hired uh, at ESPN last year. My dad being quoted because he was doing the radio. My dad was with Hank Stram, and then two booths down was Howard Cosell, Frank Gifford, and Don Meredith. I mean. And I mean, that's as good as it gets. And my dad's quoted in this article like, well, Howard's full of, you know what? You can now turn the radio, the TV volume down and turn the radio volume up and we'll take them on. I was like, damn, dad was feisty back in the in the 70s. But I I did see that as a as a kid. Two booths down was like, man, I thought my dad was cool. Look at what's going on over there. They're wearing these burnt yellow jackets and they're they're having fun and it's bright lights and they've got security and a police escort out of the game and we're like hitching a ride to get back to the hotel so (laughs) i i it it was ingrained in me as a as a young man what that was all about and to get a chance to do it is is pretty cool i mean because it's like there's some and the reason that you have been so successful for so long is I think you occupy that perfect spot between person. You have a personality, you have an opinion, you have a point of view, you know, it's you, you know, it's you, it's not anybody else. It's you. And, 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 but you also let the game come to you. And for me, Monday night football for years has feel the, 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 the folks broadcasting it have felt very corporate. And I haven't felt any point of view. It felt like they're they're working for the man. And you have such a history. You've done so much. You can't help but bring a point of view to the to the game. And I like that. I like a little. I like a little bit of. I, you do know what I'm saying. I, I want to know. Yeah. I got a real guy with blood going through his veins. Yeah. No, I get that. I think. I mean, I could do. Uh, a class at a university on this. I, I think it is, you, you've touched on something that's real. I think it's harder and harder in today's world to be willing to stick your chin out and have a point of view on anything, really right. in any arena. That's true. Let alone, let alone when you work for a network. Um, 
And you know, I've I've made a lot of fans mad. People people online. I, I've told I have told half of a television audience every year for 22 straight years, 24 times overall, that their team, their beloved team, has just lost the World Series. <laughs> so every fan base who hears their local announcers do all year long, which I used to do for the Cardinals, it's a totally different job. I when you do the Dodgers or you do the Cardinals or you do the Pirates or you do the whoever, you do the game from that point of view and you are the eyes and ears and the, the mind of the fan. And so when, when our guy hits a home run, everybody's happy. When the other team hits a home run, everybody's sad. Now you show up and you do the national game and you go, you know, high fly ball to right, that ball's got it here, it's a home run. And, and But everybody in the other fan base is going, oh my God. God, why is this guy so excited? I don't mm. hear that all. So it, it so it's a long roundabout way of saying having a point of view. I do feel like I'm, I'm I don't want to be a stuff shirt, and I want to be there as somebody who has an opinion. Uh, but for younger people getting into it who are so tied to social media, if, if the minute you veer out of the center lane and you start spouting off or trying to be funny or try whatever it is you're going to get smashed back into the middle lane because social media is there to tell you you're not funny your point of view is stupid Mm -hmm. uh whatever and i think a lot of people pay a lot of attention to it i've just done it long enough where i i I almost don't care and i kind of invite it a little bit but uh i i think it's a real thing and it's made people like my dad and harry carey and guys back in that era, they didn't live with any of this stuff. So they were free to be them. And I think we're less free to be us as we grow into the social media world. So you think it's more social media than it is? Here's the, what I worry about, what I see, particularly when I watch the NBA. Good Lord. Nobody wants to criticize anybody. It's like a guy's obviously traveling. He's traveling. I can count right. steps. Nobody says a word. And, right. and I think it's because everybody's hitting everybody up and everybody's tweeting at everybody and everybody's hitting. It's like, it's a, just a different world. than It is. And, and I, the, the lines have come down a little bit, meaning the barriers, I think, I, and, and it gets blended in. I think everybody's, everybody's kind of putting on an act, I, I think personally. Um, I try not to, but it is still acting a little bit. Nobody talks like that. Nobody goes into a conversation like, good evening, everyone, and welcome to a beautiful night here at Dodger <laughs> Stadium. And here's a base hit and a right, and that ball's <laughs> going to trickle. Nobody talks like that. Let alone the guys who are like, there's a base hit and a right. Back in the wall, that ball is out of here. Like, it's an act. So how much of the act do you want? How much of your real self do you want to be? And how crazy do you want to go with opinions, jokes, your personality? And like you say, I think criticism is is blended into that too. Do you want to take on whoever it is? Uh, I don't even know. LeBron yeah, James. You want to take on LeBron James and, and you know, say anything critical about anything he does because you're afraid it's going to come wheeling back around on you? Or do you want to just do your job and go home and see your family and get up the next day and Enjoy life. Anytime you step out of the middle, 
you're going to have to answer for it. And, and it's, it's a week's worth of crap putting up with that stuff. Because well, also you, particularly with football, the prep going into the game, you're meeting with players, you're meeting with coaches, you're in a private situation with them, you're, you're getting your storyline, your fodder, your notes. And I'm sure if, if, you know, you say something that they don't like, you probably hear about it or, you know. If you, you do. I, I think you have to be smart. Um, and that was the beauty of being my dad's son growing up mm-hmm. is, is I was a kid and I knew, and I've joked about this before, but I, I knew when I walked into the hotel lobby and I walked past the hotel bar and I saw player X with a woman that didn't necessarily look like his wife. <laughs> uh, I was, as my dad would say, keep your head down, Buck, keep walking. Yeah. Like there are certain, th- I'm not, I, I'm not condoning. I, everybody's got to give a disclaimer. I'm not yeah. saying that's good, right? It just was back in the day. And, you know, I, I think that you have to know where the line is. So when a, when a player comes in and sits down and goes, you know, this running back has got no chance or my left tackle sucks. I mean, I I'm, I'm looking over my shoulder this entire game. Cause this guy can't block anything. He's, he needs a turnstile over there because they're just coming. <laughs> you know that he's venting and you know that he's trusting you that you're not going to lead off the broadcast with him. By the way, Troy, yeah, such and such quarterback knows he's in for a long day because he told us his left tackle sucks. It's just not going to happen. So you have to be smart enough to know that some things. So I got in trouble on on an HBO show, The Real Sports Thing, where I said I, I don't consider myself a journalist. In in that I might know stuff that I file away from my information, and and it forms my opinion but I don't pin it on the person who told it to me. A lot of times coaches will say, Hey, just so you know, it's not from me, but, and then fill in the blank. And, and so that helps you. So you're not saying dumb stuff that doesn't apply, or you might know who's not available in the bullpen that night because they're tired or they're, they've got a bad lat muscle or whatever. You've got to keep some things close to the vest. Otherwise, you start dishing all that out. They're never going to tell you anything ever again. Well, yeah. And the guys on the sidelines, are they're the journalists. They're the ones who should have the dish and know that your job is to be the representative of the fan. I mean, I I would think the the storyteller. I, I think so. And I think the fan has gotten way more involved and educated since I started. I mean, if you think about the NFL, like I've got two daughters, they're in their mid twenties, they're living in New York. My younger daughter is a diehard fantasy football player. And she Mm. will ask me questions that I can't answer. (laughs) And and it was not always that way. And I think fantasy football and people's knowledge of rosters and what the storylines are, everybody's got some skin in the game, so to speak. So when my daughter goes, Hey, the backup tight end for the Bengals, uh, you know, whoever. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea. I don't never even heard that name. And she's like, oh my God, dad, he's got 40 catches. He's okay, Trudy. Well, that's a real thing. So I think the one thing we can bring that people haven't been hit with all week is the personal stuff, is are, are the stories that we may have heard, and we can put it through our own mind and say something that lets you in on something that you haven't read already or isn't flashing across your phone as an update. I mean, we all are getting those same updates. So what am I bringing 
other than saying touchdown Johnson. Yeah. And now the Cowboys lead 21 to 10 or what, what am I doing? What am I bringing to the game? Other than that, it's some of the personal contact I've had with those people that, you know, may, maybe that guy was visited by his high school football coach that week. And, uh, nobody knows, but he's in the stands and that's the guy who kept him involved in the game when he wanted to quit back when he was 18 years old or whatever it might be. It's, it's that kind of stuff that I think I, it, it's up to us to uncover and bring in. That makes perfect sense. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky. Same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. 
you know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360 day returns. Quince.com slash Rob. Baseball, um, just going back to that for a minute. Yeah. Shohei Otani. Mm. Mm. I mean, mm. I'm pouring one out for him. I, I, because listen, I don't think it's, look, I, disclaimer, every, everybody knows I'm a big Dodger fan. And yes, I'm very friendly with ownership. Yes. I, I, I'm not speaking on behalf of the Dodgers. I have no inside knowledge. Uh, there's no headline here, but I think this is just me as a fan. I think it's pretty clear the Dodgers have been clearing the decks for him for quite a while. And now, what happens? I mean, he he has to take a haircut, Otani. He has to. I mean, whatever. He was going to make $700 million. A season. I don't know what it was going to be. It was going to be the biggest contract in the history of sports, for sure. Now, what do you do? Yeah. Um, for those non-diehard sports fans, he, he is going to have to undergo another Tommy John surgery. So you go, automatically go into the category of a two-time Tommy John surgery recipient, which is ligament replacement uh, and uh, an operation that transplants a ligament into the elbow. And there is quite there are quite a few stories of people who have had success after a second Tommy John. But yeah, the, the numbers got to come down. And so now if you're Shohei Otani and you're his representation, what are you looking at? Are you going to do like some bridge deal? Mm. It's fascinating because you're going to do a bridge deal to get you through this time where you're rehabilitating a second Tommy John, but you can still hit 50 home runs a year and still run and still, you know, be the DH. You don't ever have to put a glove on your hand and, and throw. Yep. Uh, or do you just say, you know what? Pitching's fun. Um, I'm going to let, you know, I'm going to rehab this injury, but I'm just going to focus on hitting for a while. And if pitching comes back to me uh, later on in a, in this big contract I do with multiple years, I'll do it. At some point, if you're talking about, is he going to get $500 million or is he going to get $600 million or $700 million in a deal? I mean, what did Mike Trout is right around is, is just under that $500 million. He's not pitching. Yep. Um, so I think you could make the case that this guy is worthy of a, a Trout-esque contract, even if he never pitches another inning in his life. But if he does, you consider it gravy. And so what do you do as the player? I I don't know where it goes, but I'm, I'm with you. I think the Dodgers have been clearing the decks for him. They've been so good about being so competitive and uh, so consistent, and yet they're not locked into a lot of terrible long-term deals. Mookie Betts is really the only long-term deal they've done, and he's worth every penny, and he's a younger player. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'm anxious to see where this thing goes. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Is there a, Somebody was telling me there's a notion that maybe now he, he's more likely to stay in Anaheim for, for a year. And 
Well, that's what I mean. I mean, let's say he stays in Anaheim for a year and they go, look, let's just, we don't, neither one of us know where this is going to go. We like you. We love you. You seem to like playing in Southern California. Uh, Rehabilitate with us and hit your home runs. And let's just leave this go for another year. That could be, I I don't know. But I I know a lot of teams would line up if he never pitched another inning and said, you just be our, be our DH or be our right fielder and, and, we don't really care if you ever pitch again. Do you have any issues with the workload that the Angels put on him? I don't. I've heard people say that, but I think that's bullshit. I think he wanted to do to what him. he wants. It's up to him. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I will tell you this, Rob. I met him. The last baseball all-star game I did was a couple of seasons ago at, uh, at Coors Field, I think it's still called, in, yeah. in Denver. Yeah. And I, I have never been more impressed. I've been around professional athletes thanks to my dad since I was zero. Mm-hmm. And I watched that guy in the home run derby the night before I met him just go off. The guy's been pitching and hitting all first half of the season. He had every reason to tap out of the home run hitting contest. He didn't do it. Uh, he he delivered. And then he walked in with the biggest smile on his face, the nicest guy. He's a big, strong athlete. That is friendly. I mean, he's everything that you want. Yep. And, and I sat there like, oh my God, that this is like greatness. I'm in the, and everybody goes, oh, well, it hasn't been done since Babe Ruth. Uh-uh. It's never been done. Period. Babe Ruth, by the time he became the home run hitter, the hitter we all know, the Bambino was, he was totally getting out of pitching and, and that was more a thing of the past for him. So nobody's done what this guy's done. And, and it, he's just, he's a freak and he's a hell of a guy too. Yeah, that's what I say. I mean, I, I, I hope the Dodgers still get him. I mean, I, I, I really do. He's, there's been nobody like him. That and um, my man for the Reds, the rookie. God, who's, I'm drawing a blank on him right De La now. Cruz. Oof. Ellie De La Cruz, Oof. who can fly and seems to know that he's got, he's got a ton of swagger. Love him. Um, yeah, I do too. I mean, we haven't seen a guy come up like this in a long time. And he's a, I mean, he's a second baseman or shortstop. I mean, middle infielder doing this. And he's big. He throws, and he he's, hits, six, he's like 6'4". He throws 100 miles an hour to first base. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, there's some great athletes in baseball. Uh, Cacuna Jr. is a great athlete. Tatis Jr. is a great athlete. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a great athlete. All these guys are all juniors. Dante Bichette, yeah, right. his kid, uh, is a stud with Toronto. Um, but yeah, it, it's... There's a lot there. There are better athletes, I think, playing baseball than there ever have been. Um, I, I, for whatever reason, I think people understand their bodies better. I think they, uh, the, the days are long gone of like the Terry Forster pitching <laughs> for the Atlanta Braves that Letterman would call a big tub of goo. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's like, Oh my God, did, did that really happen? It did look it up. Uh, those day, those days are gone. I mean, these guys are unbelievable athletes that uh, that have the ability to really. They're all basically five tool guys. It's it's and those used to be the rare, the rare players. What do you say to to people who? I had this long discussion with somebody the other day um, who was involved in purchasing the rights to MLB that it's shrinking because less kids are growing up playing it. Baseball's always had nostalgia as a part of its appeal. And with each generation, there's less, it's less nostalgia, so less appeal. And 
that the audience is between how long the games are, although the pitch clock has made a huge difference. God, that pitch clock turned out to be an amazing thing. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on the prognosis of baseball going forward as as compared to the NFL and the other big sports? Yeah, I mean, you're right about the pitch clock. And I think it was such a drastic measure that they took, and they took it because they had to. Had to. It, it was, it was, everybody was so hung up, even baseball. I remember when I was there and they're like, hey, we got the average time of game from 309 down to 302. <laughs> and it's like, that to me is not the problem. NFL games last three hours. Um, NBA games, I'm sure, are shorter, but that's not the issue. The issue is there's a lack of action once yeah. the inning starts. And so, you know, guys stepping off, guys stepping out of the box. It takes forever to throw a pitch. Your Dodgers uh, had a guy, right-hander Baez. Oh. When, you're, when you're broadcasting games, like, oh, my God, throw the, the ball. ball. Yeah. It's it just, and it went on and on and on. There was no, there's nothing pushing them to actually make a pitch. So they did the right thing. And hopefully speeding things up helps. I also think, banning the shift and and it, i i never i was not smart enough to know the byproduct of all this but when you have left-handed batters coming up and you put everybody on the right side of the infield i was waiting for hitters to adjust and they Same. never adjusted why did i mean i don't get it why did that not happen i i talked to joe madden about it for an hour i'm like what first of all you know i i, I brought up matt carpenter who was a cardinal player max muncie yeah, yeah. you know that that kind of guy yeah, I said, how many times would it take him to bunt successfully to the left side? And I'm talking about it in like one, two run games in the eighth, ninth innings of World Series games. How many times would it take him to bunt successfully for you to not shift against him? He's like, I'll take that bunt hit all day long. I, I don't want the home run. I'm wow. like, really? But if, if he said, okay, 12. I, I, I <laughs> need to see it 12 times for me to not shift. But what it did is now, if I'm a left-handed batter, if I'm Muncie or Carpenter or Otani or whoever, yeah. the one place they can't get it if they overload the infield, and in times the outfield, is over the wall. So it's just launch, launch, launch. Well, when guys stand up there against pitchers throwing 98, and it's just launch, 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 it's just swing and a miss, swing and a miss, swing and a miss, foul ball, swing and a miss, struck him out. It's just, and, and yeah, you're going to get your home runs. But that action is like that. Like the game I fell in love with, and this gets into the get off my lawn stuff, and I, I hate it because it, it it's not. I, I I truly feel like the game was more compelling with the Dodgers teams you grew up on, yeah. or, or the you know it wasn't all power. There was nuance. There was get a guy on, steal a base, move him over with the ground ball on the right side, bring him in with a fly ball to the outfield. You know. The, kind of the the strategy and the beauty of the game is gone. So I I feel like it's a tough sell for kids. I've got five year olds and with the girls in their twenties, and and I want them to love baseball, and and I hope they continue to evolve and make changes that speed up and add to the action of the game to try to get it back to to the game that that I know I fell in love with, and I'll I'll love baseball till I'm gone. I, it's a part of my DNA, but. But I know they worry about the next generation and what the next generation and the one after that thinks about the game. And I, I think they have to do everything they can to to get them into the tent to watch the sport. And, and they know that. That's, that's why they've made the changes they've made. 
I mean, I just remember as a big red machine guy living in Ohio, when Joe Morgan got on base, everyone in the stadium knew he was going to steal. Everybody. Yeah. And that became a story. That became a thing. It was a thing. Well, so now, as you know, being a baseball fan, you can only throw over twice. I know. Can you imagine? Which it's... So you either hold that in your pocket or you throw over twice. And if you throw over twice and the guy doesn't go, you can't throw over again. So he should take the most gigantic... Unless you pick him off. You get... Right. You can take, you can do it again, but if you don't pick him off, he goes down to second base. So the, again, that's what they're trying to legislate into is more stolen bases. The bases are bigger, so you should have a little bit better chance of stealing a base. So they're trying to legislate into the game things that we all grew up just knowing were part of the game that have just over time been phased out. It's really a fascinating time, I think, for baseball. Yeah, I read. I mean. Is. It, it really is. Um, what are you looking forward to the most this year in the NFL? What's your favorite storyline? What's your favorite team to watch? I'm super, I'm a big Sean Payton fan. I'm very excited to see what goes on in Denver. It's great. There's great ownership. I know the owners there. Yeah. They're, they're great. It's a great franchise, a great history. Um, got my eye on them a ton. I'm wondering what's going on with the, my Rams. Very, very quiet. They've got a rookie, apparently, who is lighting it up at camp. But I don't know what the hell's going on there. Uh, it's 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 a big a big year in the NFL as well. It is. And, and you know, just to take the Rams, they, they went after what they got, which was the championship. Yep. You know, they moved from where I'm sitting in St. Louis, and they went back to L.A. And as you know, if you go out there and you're not a compelling product, there's a million other things to do in Los Angeles than go pack into a football stadium. So... They built everything toward the year that they won, and they won. And now it's like, okay, well, we haven't had a first-round draft pick in, since the Ice Age. Yeah. And, and you know, they're kind of in a transition. And that's what happens with these teams now. It's hard to sustain greatness unless you've got a quarterback like Kansas City. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is not only the best player in the NFL, but is a guy that gets it. He's not going back to the negotiating table and going, wait, all of a sudden I'm underpaid. I don't know how that happened, but five minutes ago I was overpaid and now I'm underpaid with the way the markets have has moved. And he's like, I'm good. I'm good. We're going to keep being as competitive. The salary cap will keep going up and they'll have a little more room each year to add to their team. Same with Jalen Hurts in Philly. I, I To answer your question, I, I think who is going to come out of the NFC that can challenge the Philadelphia Eagles because they're so far and away, in my opinion. They're the best put-together team. They have the most talent. They have the most talent at the right age. They have a quarterback that's a leader um, and is just a hell of a kid in Jalen Hurts. Uh, they've got good, two good receivers. Every, everywhere you look, it's like, Wow, they got them. They got him too. They got they got the tight end. They got a good offensive line. They got a good defense. So I, I don't know who's coming out of there. And then the one team that nobody talks about is Jacksonville, and and Doug Peterson, who's the, who won it all with Philly a few not that long ago, twenty seventeen. Yep. Got them into the playoffs last year. They overcame a twenty seven to nothing deficit 
in a playoff game at home, but in a playoff game to the Chargers and won. And they're just, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is in his third year and they've got a loaded roster. Uh, I, I think they're a team that nobody talks about. AFC, it's all Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Jets now with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and, and nobody says Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville, because of their youth and their talent and their coaching, is a legitimate chance to, to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. I really do. But all these teams, as you know, are one injury away from being irrelevant, oh, which is why yeah. Sunday Night Football has flex scheduling. Why us now? This is our first year of Monday Night Football because what looks like a great game now in August, if, if you take whoever, Jalen Hurts out of Philly, and all of a sudden he's not there. Well, the Eagles game doesn't look as exciting anymore as it did when we were all getting ready for the season to start. So it's, it's all based on health. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think Jacksonville is, is a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you were calling the uh, the famous um, 
Atlanta Patriots. Overtime one? Yeah. Super Bowl. What do you, do you just feel it where you just go, oh boy, this is, this is about to go bad. This is about to be, we're about to see something extraordinary here. You, you kind of feel it in the, in the arena, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we had done the, the Super Bowl that was in New York, which I think was the one immediately we, we were doing them every three years because CBS yep. would get it, then NBC, then Fox, and yep. then you just go on that rotation. And I think the one we did prior to that was the one in New York. I, in fact, I'm sure of it. And that was the game that was Seattle against your Denver Broncos. And right. I, I, they're really, they're kind of my Denver Broncos because I married a former Bronco cheerleader who now uh. works with on air at ESPN, Michelle okay. Beisner. She's the best part of my life. And, uh, and, and so that Super Bowl, she's bringing her brother in and her mom and we're getting tickets for the everybody she's ever met in Denver coming to New York. And I did the pregame meetings with Denver first. And she's like, well, how, how were they? Like these production meetings. I said, oh, Peyton was great. They, they look good. Um, blah, blah, blah. The next day, I do one with the Seahawks. They were, they were working out at the Giants facility. And we met with their entire secondary, the Legion of Boom. Those guys were <laughs> Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor. And- Jesus. And I go back to the hotel. She's like, well, how was that? How are the Seahawks team ready? I said, honey, the Broncos have no chance. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, what do you mean? I said, I just met with four of the most intimidating people I've ever met in my life. There wasn't one smile to be had. I, I, these guys are on a mission. And so that game unfolds. And if you remember, the first snap from center goes over Peyton Manning's head out of the end zone or into the end zone. It was like a safety right out of the gate. Yep. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's on. And so Seattle builds up this huge first half lead. And we're at halftime. And I don't even know who was performing at halftime. And Aikman and I look at each other I'm like, oh, my God, we've got 100 million people watching this game. And it's awful. And he goes, well, come on. This is Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's one of the best ever. Denver's coming back. We're going to have a hell of a game before it's all over. I said, all right, from your mouth to God's ears. They kick it off to start the second half, and Percy Harvin from Seattle runs it back for a touchdown. I look at Troy. He looks at me. We're like, we're screwed. So we, I felt that one coming. Right. Then you flash forward to the one that was a 25-point game, and you realize that the big difference there was it was an inexperienced – uh, Atlanta team on that stage and it was Tom Brady on the other side. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, ah, we're not giving up on this game yet. And then it like a play happened and then another, and then all of a sudden it's a touchdown and then it's a two point conversion. And then it's another touchdown and, and you could feel it building and just growing as we went. And, and it was like the Red Sox in 2004 after they beat the Yankees from beating down three games to nothing. Yeah. They weren't going to be denied, and Brady and the Patriots, once they got to overtime, it was like, if it's going to be the first drive or the second drive, they're going to win the game, and they did. I, it was, it was, I was proud of us that we didn't give up on the game, and I think it was probably just common sense because it was Tom Brady, and there's only one Tom Brady. Do you ever think that there are, because um, I know there are actors like this who have a, a role or a moment and they never, ever recover. Like, do you think, like, I, I watched that Atlanta game and I go, I don't know if they'll be back anytime soon. And sure enough, Matt Ryan yeah. was gone within two years. And you just, 
it's just such a public meltdown. I don't know how you recover. Yeah. I don't know how you recover from it. Yeah, I've never thought of it in those terms, but it's hard. It's hard to recover from something like that. I'm not going to ask you to name names of actors or people who have had those moments, but it's yeah, and and it's it just reminds I think everybody that we all forget that these are people. You know, these are human beings that are under these helmets, and they're and many times I did a show for Directv where I would inter- I interviewed the best of the best. And the interviews would last two and a half hours. It cut them down to an hour. But you realize, I don't care if it's Wayne Gretzky, yeah. Michael Phelps, Derek Jeter. You know, I, I interviewed all of them. Bobby Knight. Everybody has had something they've had to deal with. Everybody has had moments where they didn't believe that it was going to turn out for them. Everybody's been in the you know, workout room or on the field with the lights on and nobody else around trying to get better. And it's hard to pick yourself up off the mat and go back at it. So, yeah, I mean, I I didn't think of it at the time, but really the one guy who's thrived since then is Kyle Shanahan, who was the offensive coordinator for Atlanta, is now the head coach of uh, San Francisco. and, And he's had, you know, he's had a good run there, but they still haven't won at all. So, you know, he had a lead as a head coach in the Super Bowl right after that. And Kansas City came back and beat him. So it, it's hard. It's hard to put that stuff in the review mirror and, and and not let it be a defining moment for you. And and yeah, until you turn the corner, look at Andy Reid. They were, they were like, you can't win the big one. You can't win the big one. And now, you know, it, it, sometimes you just got to outlast people maybe too. No, that, yeah, I agree. That's a great example. And And somebody that when we, you know, we did so many of their games back then because we were covering the NFC <clears throat> at Fox. And you knew that that he was in charge more than other head coaches. I mean, he built that roster year after year. And you knew that he was so smart. Um, and then he got connected with the right guy. And that right guy is Patrick Mahomes. And uh, they've been really good with the team they put around him. And Kelsey, the way they've developed him as, as somebody who even when it's third and 19 somehow gets wide open and nobody's around. It's like, hey, you think he should cover 87? Uh, they, they seem to look for him quite a bit, but they they scheme that all up. So it's not luck. It's hard work and it's game planning and it's late hours and all that stuff. But, you know, some people put it in and some people obviously don't. What about Belichick? The press for, um, on him has been so positive for so long. He's a genius, which he clearly obviously is. You can't take anything away from him. He'll go in the Hall of Famer, all that great stuff. But now all of a sudden people are going, what's going on with Belichick in New England? I, I mean, we all know when that marriage broke up, and by the way, I'm talking about the Belichick-Brady marriage, there was going to be a, a little bit of, hmm, I wonder who goes on to have the hottest girl after this. And it was clearly, it was Tom. Yeah. And every, he, well, he, he had the hot, yeah. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and, but and I, you're right. And, and I think it's unfair to then just go, oh, well, clearly it was Brady who was driving that bus. I, I think it was a lot of things. I, it was Brady's, there's only one Brady. He's the best I've ever seen. He's the best Troy's ever seen. And that that opinion carries more weight than mine uh, because he played it and he knows right. what that takes. Right. But for Tom to go on and then immediately take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and win the <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. It, that, you know, that's, that's unreal. 
And then everybody goes, okay, let's go back to this guy. Now, how are the Patriots doing? And uh, I, I think they've made some draft mistakes. I think, so So I think the chatter is real. I, I think eventually Bob Kraft is going to say, well, we haven't won in a little while here. And while I know you're one of the greatest coaches of all time, how much of the autonomy is still warranted if we're not getting results? And, and if he tries to bring someone in, who knows what that does to Bill, and Bill says goodbye. But Bill's got probably two seasons of realistic win totals to become the all-time winningest head coach in the history of the National Football League. I don't see him getting up to the doorstep and not busting through it. Right. So it'll either be with New England or somebody else. Somebody would hire him in five seconds oh, yeah. if, if they moved on. But I think it's time to win again. And and they've cast their lot with Mac Jones, a young quarterback. And we've got another guy, Bailey Zappi, who's the backup, who had a flash or two last year. But I, I think it points out that in this league, you can't win without great quarterback play. And, and Bill tends to do it in his own way, like having Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator when he was the defensive coordinator before that. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, how can I make this more difficult for myself just to prove how great of a coach I am? He's, he's one of, if not the best ever, but eventually you got to win. And so I, I think there's some pressure on him to win this year. And, and it, it ain't going to be easy with Buffalo and the Jets yeah. and the Dolphins in the same division. That that those that's six that's six hard games right there. How um and we we th- Tua is obviously healthy. He's ready to go. But it's different. As you know, I mean I every time he goes down you hold the breath. Ugh. Because it's it's what he's dealt with with concussions. So seems like a great guy. I've never met him. Never done one of his games. Uh, we do not have them on our schedule on Monday Night Football, so I won't see them this year. They are on the schedule, but it's a doubleheader game, and the other crew will be covering them. So um, I only know them as, as a fan and from the from a distance. So I I just hope that that stuff is behind him. Yeah, oh, no kidding. Uh, and if it is, they're gonna. I think they're gonna be really good too. But I, I yeah, totally healthy. Um, and you just hope that it's not going to be one of those. Well, it was just the right kind of hit that that did it again. And because I, I know that it's going to be a short leash if he starts going through that again. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, that's how you forget. You know, with Troy, we've been talking about a lot. I mean, Troy took a beating. He took a real. I mean, he was a strong, strong dude. And and the league was different then. I mean, it, it they've legislated against. They've done such a good job. And and this is going to sound like, you know, company towing the company line, but they've done a lot with these shells that they're putting on helmets during camp. Yep. They've done a lot of research. They've, they've been in with manufacturers of helmets and knowing that they put sensors on these guys during camp. So they know that most of the, a lot of the concussions, especially for quarterbacks are coming when they hit their head on the ground, when they go backward and that's so they've, they've reinforced that part of the helmet more than they have in the front. They've changed those helmets. or They've done it as much as they can in a, in a really tough, violent sport to try and limit. Uh, they've legislated against a lot of that stuff, but it is still tackle football, and, and it's a rough game. And so, yeah, Troy went through a lot. I'll tell you, he, he retired more because of his back than he did uh, any hits to the head. 
but he took a few and, and, you know, I, I can only tell you that he is as mentally sharp as anybody I've ever been around, like to the point where he makes me wonder about myself because I'm like, <laughs> I know I was there, but how do you remember all that stuff? So I, I don't worry about him, but, um, you know, it, it's a part of the game. And, and so then the question is, would any of these guys knowing what, how tough that game is say, I'm, I'm going to pass. No, I think a lot of these guys would still sign up for it, go play, become great. And, and, you know, it, it, there's a price to pay for everything, but it's pro sports. I mean, that stuff happens in, yeah, in all of them. For sure. 100%. You know what? I was at the Monday night football booth once in the booth, by the way, it's really exciting. I mean, I know you guys don't have guests or anything, but I, I was able to go once. It was the booth. How about this booth? Al Michaels, Dan Fouts. Are you ready for this? Dennis Miller. Oh my God, you were in that booth. I was in that booth. And w- the thing that blew my mind, and I want this in life, I want the guy w- who points to the number when someone makes a tackle draws your attention to it and it's got all the information right there. That's so-and-so number 23. This is where it's called. Like, I need that in life. I need somebody to go, that's that's Joe Buck you're talking to. Oh, yes, Joe. Joe, how are you? Yes, yes. You know, you know what I mean? I, I, it was, exactly. It was that, that, that little thing was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I thought that was amazing. So that person's called a spotter. So I do a game and I, I think what people don't know is, I think most people just think we just show up and do the game. And, there's a lot of, so that, that board, which I've got a whole cabinet full behind me as I sit here, is stuff that I do that every week. I build that from the ground up. And it's like the great, I don't know if you had them, but when I was in high school, every once in a while, we'd have an open book test, mm-hmm. which at the time I was like, why? I don't really understand the point of this. It's the answers are right there, but it's to test you to see how fast you can find the answer. If you know where the information is, you've obviously read it. And you can get to it. And so that's kind of what it is every week. I show up with this thing loaded. I have a guy, a spotter next to me, Bill Garrity is his name. And then a stat guy next to him, Ed Sfida, is his, is his name. And a play happens, and he'll be point. I, he's always got his finger on what running backs in the game. So I, I never have to worry about that. If, if a play happens and they hand it off, I can just look down to my left, and he's got his finger on the name of Lowe running the ball. Yep. And and now you know, if it's a pass, he'll put his fingers on who made the catch, who made the tackle. I don't lean on him that much because I feel like if I'm going to make a mistake, it's going to be my mistake. But he's so good. I trust him so much that I I pretty much go with anything he points to. Kind of like Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Reading the teleprompter. Yeah. But but then that happens and then I look further down and the guy on a grease board would be like 18. Like there's an 18 yard completion to the, I look back to the 42. Now Troy talks, takes us up kind of near the end of the play clock. And I'll say second down and four and the process repeats. So it, that's all it is over and over and over again. And so when I've had people in the booth, like you, somebody that, that, had, that performs or does stuff, they walk away like, how in the hell? Because I've got somebody talking in my ear. Oh, while all that's going oh, no, that on. Was, I remember they're going and uh, get ready. We're going to go to the package of, uh, you know, uh, whatever. And in, in the next opportunity. And then you're like, and you know, and, and then you realize, oh, they had the package. Also, it's, it's amazing to watch. It's amazing. 
it, it's there's a lot of seamless stuff that I think people. It's why athletes that just get off the field, they get up there and they're like, "What the hell is happening up there?" <laughs> I mean, I, you know, if you're so that that was the thing with Brady, you know, when before I left Fox, they're like, "We might get Brady." I'm like, "That's awesome." I mean, I, I you know, and they're like, "Would you want to work with Brady?" I was like, "I mean, I think so." But I don't know. You don't know until you know until somebody does it and puts up with all that and learns what it takes. I mean, like Troy will tell you, knowing football is about fourth on the list. You know, there's there's acting, there's yep. there's the prep, there's the get it in within 20 seconds, there's the, you know, it's there's a lot more to it than just knowing football. So, you know, there have been some great players, some of the greatest of all time that tried to be analysts and it didn't work out. There's some guys that are no-namers as players that have become Hall of Fame broadcasters. I mean, it's it's a roulette wheel and you don't know until you know. So it's it's why when Troy left and went to Monday Night Football, it was up to me to try to join him over there. And, and fortunately, Fox let me out to go do it. When does Brady come on the air at long last? <laughs> Next year is is the is the plan. Um, and, and that's the hard okay, thing. We're in, because we're in Vegas. We're in, you and I are in Vegas now. We're going to bet. I, I, listen, I know nothing. Again, I know nothing. I, I've no as, imp, neither do I. I've known nothing, but I just feel like it might never happen. I don't know why. I, why do I feel that way? Because I, I think for somebody like Tom, is there a win to be had? There's, we have, where's the upside? Where's the upside for him? Yeah, I, there's he's only got, downside. He's got a crystal clean image. He's make he's got he's a businessman. I, I just went to a seminar for another buddy where he he's working for this investment firm in New York. He's playing golf. He's living his life. He's you know he's this is the after playing career time and he played for a long time. Do you really want to go back in and do the Falcons against the Buccaneers? on a Sunday and do the prep and do the pregame interviews and sit down. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know him that well. I I know what I know I love, but I am with you. I mean, it it is now another job and it's a job where you are doing things publicly and making opinions and maybe pissing off somebody with something you said because it came out of the mouth of Troy deals with that. When it comes out of the mouth of somebody that's in the hall of fame, it, carries a lot of weight. You start getting critical, but you kind of have to be critical. Where's the win? So I, I, the answer is, I don't think we know. I, I hope he does it. I really do. Cause I want to see it. I want to see him try and tackle it. I assume he'll be great. But again, until you, you see it happen, you don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, if it, ha- if it happens, it is. I, I'm, I'm still in the if category, but I'm hopeful. Same. I'm, um, I'm super psyched for, this season for Monday night. When you get to LA, let's get some golf in. Please. Um, how's your how's your golf game? It's always it's always decent until I get out to Tahoe and I play in that celebrity event. Well, that's and then just... First of all, that that place is nuts. Okay, that is without a doubt the the most insane celebrity golf tournament on the planet. It's intense for me because I'm I, I I am a grinder at golf and yeah. now you're playing in front of people which doesn't totally bother me but it's still there and then it's set up I have such respect for Steph Curry who just won it 
Yeah, he had a friggin' hole in one. He made a bird. He made an eagle on the 18th hole to win. The the greens are so fast that I start getting defensive on the greens, and so I tip my cap, man. Those guys are are just flat out great athletes at whatever they do. But it's impressive to see guys perform that well. So I I was right in the middle of the pack. I didn't embarrass myself, but I I didn't impress myself at all either. That's that's all I want in my golf game. I just don't want to embarrass. I, I if I'm in the middle of the pack, I'm fine. I'm yeah. I'm going. In fact, I'm going to. I don't know if you noticed my Augusta hat I have on. Yes, I did. Um, I'm headed out today. I'm going to go try to play right now. But um, let's do it. Let's let's get a let's get a game. You know, call up Smoltzy, get him out of retirement. Back we'll get Smoltz. We'll get Bateman. Oh yeah, Bateman's great. Will Arnett. That's those are those oh, are the yeah. homies. Yeah, those are those They're are the best. Yeah, good dudes. Uh, thanks, brother. This was great. I loved that. I hope that's not too in like in the sports weeds for you guys. I don't think it is. I hope not. I love sports. What do you want from me? I got Joe Buck on here. We got to talk sports. Um, don't forget Monday Night Football. I'm so excited. ESPN and ABC, Bills, Giants, September 11th. Let's go. Or as they say, LFG. All right, just one more thing before we end today's episode. Let's check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323 570 Four five five one. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hello, Rob. This is Ron from your hometown of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, love your podcast, but I have one serious question that uh, is bothering me. I I hear you talk several times about your love of baseball, and we share that love. And you're a big Dodger fan, and I just wonder how someone growing up in Dayton, Ohio, during the Big Red Machine days, could be a fan of the Big Red Machine's most dreaded rival back in the days. Uh, To this day, I'm 71 years old, and to this day, I cannot stand the Dodgers because of that rivalry back then. Uh, Just wondering about your thoughts uh, about the old Cincinnati Reds when you were nearby and how you became a Dodger fan. What a great question. I ask myself that a lot. Um, oh, I can tell you exactly what happened. I lived and breathed Cincinnati Reds. And I think when they broke up the big red machine, I think the GM's name was Bob Housem. I still remember something like that because it broke my little teenage heart when they b- broke that team up. And I never recovered. Still love the Reds, but but I I never recovered. I think they, I think they traded Tony Perez was the first thing that happened, and then it was then Sparky Anderson was gone, and you know, it, it all sort of came apart. And I hated the Dodgers when I moved to California. I hated the Dodgers, and then the Reds went through their March shot phase, and the Dodgers sort of ascended. And a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. And over time, I just drifted away. And that's how I became a a Dodger fan. 
Um, but my first, I'd say almost five years of living in Los Angeles, maybe more, I would go to Dodger Stadium only to see the Reds. And it just sort of crept in. It's funny, they're not really rivals now. I don't think of the Reds and Dodgers as, as, as rivals like, but you're right. In our day, oof, I hated them. Uh, but it's a, it's a different world. I still love the Reds. Um, I loved coming back to Cincinnati and, and uh, I mean, particularly now. I mean, they're so fun this year. But uh, yeah, Dodger blue for now. But that, I can still be, I can still be Dodger red. I can have it both ways. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Um, see you all next week. Don't forget to come back. Play with us. They're on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Editing by Jerron Ferguson. Engineering and mixing by Rich Garcia. Our executive producers are Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and myself for Team Coco, and Colin Anderson for Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd. Music by Devin Bryant. Special thanks to Hidden City Studios. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 